Welcome back to another edition of What You Spinning. This is episode 16, one week removed from the instrumental version of the uh, podcast. Uh, we're here, we're chilling, in person, got some microphones. Matt looks like he's at a press conference for getting signed to the Dodgers, and uh, we are here and ready to rock. Uh, as per usual, I'm Dorian, joined by Jake, Matt, and George. How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. Ready. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doing good. It's so good to be in person, man. It's like... It yeah. flows so much better, and it's like we can connect our ideas a lot better. So yeah, yeah. no, I love it, and it's like I mean, from the beginning, my the highlight of my week has always been you know doing the pod. Dude, you know? same. So and I'm sure I agree with that. Sure. And uh, like I got asked this weekend, somebody was like, "What have you been listening to lately?" Because I know I'm like hell into music, and I said, "Fucking everything." Uh, I said, <laughs> "Watch the cast." Watch the cast. Yeah. yeah. I was like, "Watch the cast." That's what my weeks have been, you know. And, and you know being in person so much better uh as per usual every time we have a new development there is something else that we have to do <laughs> so we are trying our best with the mics we got some good uh quality mics but uh seems like the computer only wants to pick up one of them so we'll get that fixed but we're here in person we have mics we all look good we're all feeling good uh we're gonna go ahead and dive in with uh jake's pick for this week what did you have for us pal yeah, so this week I picked out Shuggy Otis, uh, Freedom Flight. Second album, I want to say, came out in 71, 1971. Um, yeah, it's just, man, it's, it's something that I definitely grew up with um, and really changed my perspective, like just on music in general. Mm -hmm. um, and it definitely had a big impact on me. Um, but what did you guys think? I know it's, it's something, it's way different than what we were listening to this week. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were all kind of on different, different sides, but. Yeah, what, what I like thoughts? the throwback because I'd never heard him before. You know, it was kind of a good '70s throwout and very Hendrix, like with the yeah, and stuff like that. I was kind of, I was kind of thrown off by that, you uh -huh. know, because when you had kind of told, you know, you did your little drive-by explanation at the end of last week's episode, and I was like, okay, so this is gonna be like very soulful, you know, very like, you know, kind of that 1970s, you know, kind of vibe. And then I was listening to it and I was like, holy shit, this is like a B.B. King album. I was like, I didn't know this guy could shred and he fucking tears it up. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was very surprised, actually, because it's another one of those, you know, when you look at it and you're like, oh, this is going to be one thing. And then it was like, no, this guy's a shredder. Like, mm -hmm. he, may, he may look like Charlie Murphy or whatever, but no, he's over there. Like, I mean, he was only 15 when he made this album. No shit. That's why you look he? at that cover and you're like, dude, that guy looks I like... I can see yeah. that because, yeah, he does look very young. His dad was Johnny Otis, who was another R&B mm -hmm. legend. So he had Otis? some help. Johnny <coughs> Otis, yeah. What? So he had some help, you know, with the production part, but I'm sure they, you know, had lots of different music influences, you know, at that time in the early 70s, whether it was Hendrix or The Beatles, yeah. The Doors, all that mm -hmm. stuff. But you can hear it in the album. It's very... Uh, 
guitar heavy and it's like you said kind of has that blues feel that bb king kind of style yes i enjoyed it and yeah. to know that he was that young and kind of still doing production parts and like behind the scenes it's like damn he must have had some some skills at that age for like music production because that's tough it's very like, talented yeah. to say the least yeah it, it, it was like in a time uh, it was like a time zone when like yeah it was like up and coming like Jimi Hendrix and all these like other like legendary guitarists and like after like Hendrix had passed away like people were looking at like you know who's gonna be the next Jimi Hendrix and Shuggy Otis was one of those guys that like they were like kind of pushing him like hey like you can like be the next big thing and this and that and I mean yeah you could see like on some of these songs like he is just going off on the guitar yeah, there's some yeah. songs that are entirely <laughs> instrumental yeah just like straight there was a couple on there that purple yeah. song yeah, that purple is gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous track. I think uh, <clears throat> he, uh, it, it's also like a also very emotional album. Like he talks about love and everything like that, which I think is really cool. Um, it's a very like low key album that you could put on in the background and just chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at the same time, if you it it's very much like that, you know, very good background music. But if you have a musical ear, you know, you can pick yeah. it up and be like, "Yo, this guy's actually tearing it the hell up." Yes, mm -hmm. yes. But, yeah. I love stuff like that to where it's good background music. But if you if you know your ass from a hole in the ground, it music, plays like both <laughs> exactly both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I like initially started getting into guitar, um, this is one of those artists that I looked up to just because mm -hmm. the style, like how he's playing, like. Because on some songs, like especially like Sweet Thing, like it's kind of different to what Purple is. Because Purple is just sounds like he's just like mm -hmm. free playing, you know. He's mm -hmm. just like Sweet Thing was such on. a good song. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it definitely had a big impact on me just because like I was listening to this like in middle school because um, that's when I like started playing ukulele and stuff and guitar. Um, and one of my teachers, he was really big into like old oldies music. And he was like, hey, you should look into um, this guy, how he plays guitar, because I feel like you can kind of, like, get the same rhythm as he does. What an awesome teacher. Yeah, yeah. he was a cool he was wow. a cool dude. I, it's really cool, dude. He was a cool dude, but... That's how you kind of stumbled across that. that yeah, that's how I stumbled across this, and, like, I... It really caught my ear, because I was, like, only listening to one thing, like, mainly just, like, hip-hop and, like, dubstep at that time, mm -hmm. and, like, EDM, and this kind of, like, made me realize, like, hey, like, there's a whole other like years and years and years and generations of like other music and styles that's like way different, but it's like still so true to like its form like today. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, even even you know we've talked about it on the pod. You know, uh, it's really great. It's it's really interesting to look at you know an album that was released at this time and then say it's something in a similar style, quote unquote, uh, as say like Duran Jones and the Indications. You know, like there's. Mm -hmm. there's still music being put out today that is very reminiscent of this kind of time frame and era it, but it's like I've always you know like I grew up listening to old ass music like I was one of those punk ass kids who was like I don't like rap music yeah. I want to listen to Metallica like you know yeah. that kind of shit <laughs> but it's it's awesome and then you know you go back and visit an album like this and it still holds up and you're like dude this came out fucking 50 years ago like mm -hmm. what yeah, a yes. lot of those songs, <clears throat> for some reason, it, it's like <laughs> it's almost like bar music for some reason. <laughs> bar music? Bar music? Oh, I thought you said bar. I was like, I thought it was like pigs and cows rolling around. <laughs> I can see, I can see both of them. <laughs> I 
I can see both. Just yeah. one room country shack. Yeah, just say that last song of the yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I totally misheard that. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it's really it's really good. Uh, he's got a really good voice too. Oh yeah. Um, incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, I really like. Sweet thing. <laughs> Fuck with that. Um, and I like how there's only a couple of songs. So it's like digestible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he throws. But it's still, pa- it's still packed with like good content. Oh, yeah. And you know, most of the run times are about four minutes, and then right at the end, he throws in what, that 11 minute track, and you're like, yeah. oh my God. And it's Freedom. just like, yeah, it's just like, like a guitar jam session. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. But no, it's. I love when it, I, that's like, because if it wasn't for that 11 minute song, this would barely touch half an hour. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah. but like you were saying, George, it is, it's short and sweet and like the content in it is like, you could, it took me, like I had to go back and listen to it all again. Cause I was it's like, wait, pack. I was like, that was it? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely shorter. It's only 42 minutes, eight tracks. Yeah. Eight tracks, 42 minutes. Good. Um, one of the like more like, I guess like his famously popular song is uh, Strawberry Letter 23. Oh, yes. Um, just because I think someone remixed it. I forget who. I've heard in a movie, I feel like. I've heard in a commercial. Yeah, it's been around. Um, so when I saw the Strawberry. I heard that track, and when I was listening, I was like, oh, that's that song. And then apparently he made that for another artist called the Brothers Johnson, yep. and they used that and got popular. I guess his version's a little bit more oh, shit. Baroque. Yeah, it, it made like the like number five in Billboard Top 100 in like seven or something mm-hmm. for like a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, it was like that song specifically like really like kind of put him on the map, map you could say, um, just because he got a lot more attention to it. But when this album came out, yeah, it was it was definitely very different, um, and it followed that trend of like those like legendary like guitarists. Um, mm-hmm. And, but yeah, man, it's got some, I like, I like it more just because it makes me think about like when I'm, cause I used to listen to this album like every morning, like every morning that I wake up and like I go to work, um, a couple years ago, like I'd just be bumping this and then just like, just purple, um, just cause the guitar mm-hmm. on that is so smooth, um, sweet thing. Um, me and my woman, I love that song cause that song really does remind me a lot of BB King. Mm-hmm. And like that old school, like blues. He's like, really making that guitar sing on mm-hmm. that song. He's really, you know. You, yeah, you hear the riffs on it that he's going with the guitar, and yeah, it's something special. Like something special that really like touched me as like, cause I could, I'd like try to replicate that with my guitar. Basically, I never got to that point. <laughs> it's a hard point to get to. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yeah, it's it's definitely one of those albums that is near and dear to me just because it's yeah it had such an impact on me when I was like into like instruments and guitar and stuff. Oh yeah, super cool, dude. Hell yeah, hell yeah. What were your top three picks? Top three picks, definitely purple. Mm-hmm. That's the one I gravitate to the most. Um, sweet thing, and me and my woman. If I had to pick, yeah. I'm going those three. But I could really. All of them I really do like. Um, I don't have one that's like not my favorite because I kind of like all of them. I've, I've heard this album so many times that it's like 
Right. Every song on it, I could I could jam out to. It's yeah, yeah. Picking a top three for this, you could almost interchange them. I mean, it's not as uh, tough as say you know last week with Godspeed, you know, where we were eliminating one song off of an album, but yeah. but you pick three and the other five could easily be in there. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's one of those things where I did really have to listen to it fully before I picked. Mm-hmm. My top three, but I would say number three is Sweet Thing. Really like that one. Uh, Purple. Uh, just that song, back to back, is just incredible. And then Strawberry Letter 23, just because it was, you know, I mean, it's his most popular song probably, but mm-hmm. it, still, I loved it. It's mm-hmm. just, and it's a great, like, intro. It's like one of the first couple songs off the album, isn't it? And it's, so it's, song, yeah. it's like the mm-hmm. third or something. Yeah, and so it's yeah. like, it's one of those, another you know, example of, oh, we're really getting into this album. Like, this is yeah. really what it's about. Like, and so I really, yeah, I really dug that. I dug this whole project, so. Yeah, my top three definitely going to be Strawberry Letter 23, that piano that you, oh, you yeah. hear that piano and you're just like, that's the song right there. Yeah. And, uh, I think we all like, you know, Sweet Thing is a good guitar kind of song where it has all those influences from that era. And then I like the last song on the album, the One Room Country Shack, because it has nice. a lot of different styles for that era from the mm-hmm. early 70s where it was like a weird ambient collective Beatles Hendrix Doors all those different genres are all in that song and it's just kind of like it's even a little bit country so that's one of my top songs yeah hell yeah uh (coughs) Strawberry Letter 23 same thing um I so as soon as I saw the title of that song I thought it was a nod to Strawberry Fields from the Beatles yeah I don't know if it is or it isn't, whatever, but. Oh, that threw me off for a second. I was like, is there a bomb in here? <laughs> Fire alarm. Yeah. Jesus. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, Strawberry Letter 23, Sweet Thing, and Me and My Woman, which is funny because it's like. <laughs> they're like back to back. But. I feel like it's such a hearty, um, hearty moment in the in the album. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Just because uh, of like I get what you're saying because like how yeah. like the lyrics to it and like right. out of way it's kind of relatable. Like you could see how like it like goes on because yeah, it's like real thing. Ain't nobody just who the hasn't that, been in love. <laughs> yeah, just the way that like the guitar brings it all together and you hear like the, like yeah, whatever yeah. the noise like it's. Yeah, man, it's it's this is definitely one of those albums that I look up to so much and I love so much. Um, it was funny. I was showing my dad. I used to work with my dad for a long time, and I was like, "Dad, this used to look like you." Like, <laughs> he's like old. He, I have like old photos of my dad, and he looks just like that. For real. Just like that, like minus the afro, but like exactly like him. And he was like, "Yeah, it does." Like, I'm like, "My mom was like, yeah, it looks like him too." Like, but yeah, it, it's. It's a great album. Glad you guys liked it. Um, yeah, dude. Shaggy Otis, Freedom Flight. It's, it's a banger if you haven't heard it. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that was Freedom Flight by Shaggy Otis, and we will be right back to talk about the next album. Okay, we just wrapped up talking about Freedom Flight by Shaggy Otis. Now we're going to dive into my pick for this week. Rise Riza by Rammstein. Yeah. 
album. They, 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 I think it was like their third or fourth, uh, released in 2004. Uh, one of my personal favorite albums of all time, one of the ones I'm most, like really proud to have in my collection. Uh, I've been listening to it for years, so I got a shit to say, a shit ton to say about it, but uh, what did y'all think? I know it was kind of a left field kind of thing. I liked it. I personally liked it. Um, <laughs> all the like, I don't know, man, it was definitely, it sounds similar to like everything, but it's just like in German kind of. Yeah. But they have their own twist to it. Like they do it their own way and it makes it kind of unique. Um, there was a couple songs. I like same thing. It's kind of hard to say, especially with like a language barrier. Sometimes it's hard to tell like if you really like it because you don't know what the lyrics are. Right. But even just going off of just how they sound, like I liked like m more than I would think I would. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. But it was really cool. Um, the Dalai Lama, that song is really good. Um, <laughs> the America song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And the song's funny. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, the America song because it's like mainly in English but then like in mid-sentence he'll switch back to talking in German and it's mm -hmm. like uh, kind of reminds me of when I was talking to your dad that one time yeah. and he was like talking to me in English and then he would just look at you and be like tell him and then start telling yeah. him <laughs> and, yeah. and it kind of reminded me of that that song and so he <laughs> cracked me up uh, and he's you know talking shit about like capitalism and corporate America mm -hmm. and shit. So it's yeah, fucking America. Yeah, fucking Mickey Mouse and stuff. Yeah, and that that part's funny because that whole like bridge, like that pre-chorus, is mainly in German, and then he's like, "I'm Paris the Mickey Mouse," and it's just like the one word, like just <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse is, is English. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I mean, not that. I mean, I don't know if if he knows this, but um, what's his name? Childish Gambino did "This Is America" and. Mm -hmm. Rammstein already did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just different time frames. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, wow, this is like I could picture like <laughs> Germans like marching to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it was wild. Um, I think his voice, his delivery is like really uh, it's sinister to me. He's also but a that's trained opera singer. Really? Yeah, well, like, I could tell because he, he, the way, like, he comes from his chest. He's like, oh, you, yeah. know, you could tell, like, he has experience with singing. Um, it's kind of like his voice is so strong that it's almost sometimes, like, overpowers, like, the, the instruments that mm -hmm. is behind it, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was, like, super interesting. Um, but I like how, like, dark he is and with you know, the song in the background. There's one track, I forget what it what 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 it's called, but it uh it actually kinda reminded me of uh uh Muse for some reason. Okay. Uh but I think that was more of the electronic elements that came in, in the song. Yeah. That reminded me of that. Right. Uh, but yeah, what do you think? I mean I wanna hear what you think about this It's a great album. I've never listened, really listened to Rammstein and like sat down and like, oh, I'm going to listen to an album. I've never done that with this band. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird one to do it with. It's not. I think you just have to be into that, that mood, that mindset. So when you threw that album out there, I was like, all right, here we go. Let's sit down and do it. Yeah. And I, that's, liked, I liked it. Yeah, that's the beauty of this podcast is, you know, like there's, that's why I, I, I've said it multiple times. That's why I did it was because, you know, I wanted, like people kept recommending me stuff and I was like, well, 
I love talking about music anyway, so why don't I fucking get forced to listen to something and then, you know, talk about, you know, and I wanted, and I knew that I was doing the same thing to, like, you, like, you and uh, George. Dude, this like, is what I tell, like, everybody about the podcast. I'm like, what sets us apart is that, like, we're not, like, just judging an album. We're not doing a fucking review on it. We're actually picking things that we like about uh, different albums. And, yeah, you definitely constantly challenge my taste in music. Right. But I'm still going to go into it and figure out what I like about it. And, uh, yeah, that's dope, dude. This album definitely, like, <clears throat> we already talked about, like, how we like world music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Yeah. Well, awesome. And, and, and uh, to go off of what you had kind of said, you know, it's hard to like an album uh, if there's that language barrier. And it's what I, like, I brought up about uh, One of Us a Social Club mm-hmm. on that episode because I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. But, like, there's times <laughs> where... You like, feel it. I feel it whether yeah. it's like makes me want to, you know, shake my ass or whatever. Or you know, <laughs> like especially with Buena Vista, it's like I want to. I want to just you know. I just want to boogie. And then there's other times where I'm like, I don't. I can't understand the fucking word they're saying. But why am I like about to cry? The type of vibe. But uh, no, as you were saying about like like when you say dancing, and I want to do a funny dance from that song Los. Yes. It just makes you just want to like. I don't know. It just makes you want to like start yeah. dancing. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. It's, it's a good thing, you know. Right. It's a cool vibe. I really like that song. It was fun. But to know that the lyrics uh, on this album are very dark and sinister. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's got a sinister voice. Mm-hmm. And I think his delivery is everything. Like, yeah, it's well, really the way the he vocal. does it. Yeah. He makes either happy or dark or kind of comedic in a sense. And um, it sounds like a lot of the lyrics were based on a plane crash that happened. That's <laughs> the whole band name. It was a, it was a yeah, massive air crash at the Rammstein airfield oh shit and so or it was either that or the plane was called Rammstein or something and so they took their name their whole band is from that nice. um, history <laughs> exactly but a lot and, of the lyrics too I mean we're about yeah. kind of the plane crash and that vibe but there's even a song on this album that's about uh, I guess a cannibal yeah two dudes were uh, kidnapped yeah. and tortured and like locked in a basement and they were fucking they were fucking starving the song My Tile yeah. The story of the song. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know, uh, I didn't know uh, R. Kelly was alive. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the second fucking song on the album. These two guys in Germany were locked in a basement and like kidnapped mm-hmm. and tortured. Locked in a basement. They ended up getting to the point where they were starving. Yeah. So they drew. They drew straws to see whose penis they were going to cut off, fry up. Because <laughs> they had the ability to. They had the ability to cook, but they. Chinese. They ran out of food, and so they uh, drew straws, and uh, Damn, they cut up. Wild. They cut off the dude's dick, fried it up, and ate it. Whole, one hundred ten percent true story. Look it up. Wrong Wrong sign. You heard it here first. Yeah, and that's the song I was showing you, where he was the keyboardist uh, was in the oh, pot, and he was sitting there flame it. That's what that song's about. That's why he came out like a bloody butcher. Was because that Jesus song is about yeah, two dudes eating each other's dicks. <laughs> I liked it better when we didn't know that. <laughs> that's, now, that's like, that's like, I actually really don't fucking like this album. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that song's out of my top three for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I enjoyed it. it Top was, three hated. Yeah. <laughs> hated I like that we're circling the globe and not just staying in the U.S. We're going to different countries and different uh, yeah, just different genres yeah. and like exploring that era because there's a lot of different music out there that we've never heard that we're introducing everybody to, whether right. it be people that watch the show or ourselves, and it's it's, yeah. a, it's a win-win. For yeah, everybody. I was I've been sitting on this album for a minute to bring up on the Dude, pod. I know. And yeah. that episode where. Uh, Y'all brought up uh, Kikagaku Moyo and Sigaros. I was telling the people in my house, I was like, yeah, they, like, George and I are the only two that picked something from America, and then these two went across the globe, and they're like, what did you, they're like, what did you pick? Why didn't you pick Rammstein? I'm like, I didn't fucking know! I was like, I really wanted to. Oh, your band's from the U.S.? Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, I remember I was that lame. (laughs) No, dude, some more songs on this album. There's a lot of good tracks. There's a lot of good tracks, mm-hmm. yeah. I really liked uh, Kane Lust. Is that how you pronounce it? Kind of Lust. Kind, yeah, Kind of Lust. Kind of Lust, that song. That song, man. Ooh, yeah, it, I don't know. Like it, It's so crazy that like how they can induce so much, like, you know, like how it makes you feel and like emotion and mm-hmm. stuff. Because I, like, especially for, I feel like with rock music, I kind of want to try to be doing something like productive or like mm-hmm. something like kind of intense you could say so i always see like how that especially changes my mood and sometimes when i'm doing stuff like that and when that song came on came on dude like it just like i don't know it's crazy like every that's the crazy thing about music like it just makes you feel like so weird and so different kind of like fuzzy yeah, <laughs> it made me feel like fuzzy when I was listening to that song because I was like just I was like working out and shit and I was like going off and <laughs> dude it's it's crazy that song um, Dalai Lama I liked a lot yes um, his voice gets very melodic on that one yeah I like the band the band sounds really good because that's what I was like kind of more in keen towards like the band right who's the guitarist because I feel like the guitarist was going they've got they've going got two. Uh, one of them, his last name's like Krupski or something like that. Let me pull it up, actually. I can never remember their names. Because um, there's, there's like, it's, it's a group, right? It's like mm-hmm. five, six people. Six. Yeah, six dudes. Um, just want to mention real quick the album cover art. <clears throat> I don't know <clears throat> why, but the color orange just fits German. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and it I really... do not know why. I don't know why. <laughs> and it looks like a an airplane panel. Speaking of the airplane, yeah, it, exactly. like, it looks like yeah. something off of like a an old ship. But uh, Richard Cres- Crespi and Paul Landers are the two guitarists. Richard's the lead guitarist. Paul is the rhythm, mm-hmm. and they also do backing vocals. No oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that like just as like a band, because yeah, the the lyrics are dope, but the band like they really do come together too I feel like yeah something different than yeah it just it's like so unique especially something out of German I don't listen to like a lot of German music per se mm-hmm. or like in that region but this I could see how it's like a bigger one and like a main one that a lot of people probably oh yeah really into yeah. especially over there yeah. a couple little more fun facts for you guys uh, Till Lindemann, the singer, was going to be uh, basically like he was going to be on the German swim team for the 1986 Berlin Olympics. That's badass. And what? He fucking Ooh. tore his shoulder up, and so he had to quit singing or quit swimming. And he was like, "No, oh, well, I, I do sing. Uh, let me just start like the best industrial band of all time." Basically, <laughs> was basically what he did. And I was like, "It's 
unreal. And then I'm not sure. I know Matt, you were saying that you had looked up a little bit, but they were actually banned from. Uh, they weren't allowed to play in the U.S. for like uh, a decade, basically. Oh, uh, because as I was showing you guys, like right before you got here, I pulled up a live video. Their their live performances are insane. Like both the pyrotechnics and the antics that they do. They're all trained pyrotechnicians. Because back in the the early 2000s when they were really getting big they started doing pyrotechnics you know to add to their whole you know thing yeah, yeah. and they were like um we should probably get licensed for this like, we should probably be <laughs> is legit. this legal yeah it's like we should probably be legit because we're gonna fucking kill ourselves type of thing but they were banned from the u.s because at a show in dc the singer, of all places <laughs> yeah the, the singer and the keyboardist the the singer or the keyboardist came out in like a gimp outfit and everything. Oh, shit. And the singer had a giant fake penis attached to his body that was f- connected to a pump that would spray uh, a beer and water mixture. And they uh, faked sodomy on stage, and that giant penis just started, you know, shooting the the beer shit everywhere. And uh, yeah, they were like the LGBTQ friendly. Yeah, the the. The U.S. was like, yeah, get the hell out of here. Like, you're yeah, not allowed. It's like a war show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, you are not allowed to play in the U.S. And uh, one of my buddies from high school, his older brother actually got to, he went down to San Francisco and saw them on their first U.S. date back in however long it was. I think it was like a seven to ten years. And he got to see them on their first show back in America. And he said, like, this guy has seen, like, Slayer and Anthrax, like, you know, really great live bands. And he said that was the most insane shit he had ever seen. <laughs> and he's, like, 6'9", Ukrainian dude. And he was, like, I was kind of terrified. He's, like, I was kind of terrified at certain points. Because that was, it was fucking intense. That's cool. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, my top three songs off of this, uh, number three is Riza Riza. Uh, love that song. It's actually one that... I, when I, because I've been listening to this album since I, for like a decade, like since I was like 13, 14 years old, and I, it never like stood out to me, and then I went back and listened to it probably about like five years ago, and I was like, damn, this might actually be one of the best songs on this album, just like the emotion, and it just has so much power to it, and it's like beautiful yet aggressive, probably because of his voice, like we've said, uh, and then Stein um Stein. Uh, because he yeah. the vocals on that and it's just dramatic like there's these crazy drum buildups and everything and it's then, very raw it is <laughs> it's yeah. like a very raw album dude. yeah and then my favorite one uh, oddly enough Mind Tile I've always that's always been like one of my favorite Rammstein songs of all time knowing <laughs> the backstory to that now it's like <laughs> yeah it's it's I've seen the video live yeah. you're like yeah, yeah. No, I mentally I cannot unsee it now exactly like every time uh because this is one of those bands that if like people know that you're a fan of it like you mm-hmm. kind of get flicked some extra shit for it uh, not just because people are like oh they're that they're that crazy German band you know because Du Hast that song is fucking massive that's such a that's like their biggest song ever but so people will <laughs> my roommates especially are like uh, yeah uh, like what's Rammstein like you're like I've heard this one song I don't recognize that album though when I got it and I said oh you want to see some stuff <laughs> I was like, allow me to Say sit less. you down. And Say so I less. showed them the My Tile video, and they were like, they were like, why is he dressed like a butcher, and why is he all bloody? And I was like, oh, why don't I sit you down again and let's talk about this? And uh, they're the like, butcher coming. <laughs> exactly. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so it's, but yeah, that's like, every, 
Exactly. <laughs> that, and that's the thing is like, I maybe it is because I love this band so much, but also people, because people know of them, but they don't fully know the extent of what their music is because they've only heard they only you know, know face value yeah they've heard like do host and then another song off a off a different album than even that or this one uh for uh fire fry uh that was in fast and furious or no really i don't know if it was fast or furious uh triple x it was in the triple oh movie. okay yeah i can see that yeah yeah, yeah it was in the triple x movie and so people only know a couple little things about it, but I'm like, oh no, you want like you got to see the full extent of how crazy these bastards <laughs> Wait, actually are. Wait, was that like the concert that they were at in Triple X? I don't know, maybe because it was like almost like at the beginning of the movie where they're like at a concert. It might have been. I think so, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's fact uh, check it. Fact yeah, check. fact, fact check. <laughs> ben Diesel. Ben Diesel. I think if I had to pick a three, um, <laughs> did you drop your phone and I flinched? Oh yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> I flinched. Uh, <laughs> you flinched? Yeah, I'm like, oh shit. Keen uh, lust for sure. Yeah. That song is crazy. Uh, Dalai Lama. Yes. Um, and then I ended up because I like I heard this album like a couple times over, and this morning I don't know it just clicked for me. Uh, Sting and Sting. I think you, you like that song too. That song, yeah, that was my second. That song I also really, yeah, man, really got into, really liked it. Just the rhythm, like you said, and like how they're constantly like upping their tempo. Mm. But yeah, man, this, thanks for putting me on. Yeah, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have like come across this or anything. Yeah. So. Well, in, I'm sure y'all remember how fucking hyped I was when this came in the mail because I waited for it. For I remember, while. dude, you were, you, it was like, Almost like a month where you're just like, dude, I I'm like, it. I just need it because yeah. it was coming from Germany and it was like, I had gotten, uh, I had gotten another vinyl from the UK, but it was, this was like my first, like, okay, kind of balls to the wall, like, fuck it. Because when I first started shopping on Discogs, I was like, I'm, I don't want to deal with international. Yeah, like, it's kind of like everything. sketchy too. But I found this one sealed 180 gram vinyl like brand new from germany and i was like well if i'm gonna get it from any place it, yeah it might as well be the place where it was fucking printed yeah. and pressed and so no i was yeah i'm, I'm really glad that y'all liked it so much but uh matt what were your uh, top uh, i really liked uh was it moscow yes it was like a song you can stand up and just start shouting and like fists <laughs> <laughs> like marching to it, even if you have no idea what's going yeah. on or what they're saying. The singer, the singer knows six different languages, and that most of that song oh, wow. is in Russian. Okay. Yeah. Oh damn! That's, yeah, most that's of the lyrics of that song are, are in Russian. And below, so has some Spanish on it because he speaks that as well. He speaks uh, and then America. There's a lot of Amer uh, English on that. He speaks yeah, like six different languages. Yeah, I liked, uh, my second pick would be Los, just because of the way it made you want to just kind of move around. And then, uh, was it Morgenstern? Yeah, Morgenstern. <laughs> it was like an epic movie score kind yes. of vibe, and it was just like, I felt like I was watching a movie or a scene in the movie, and it was just very, like, I could just picture things going on in the back of my head. So yes. it was fun. I liked those three. Yeah, I'm glad that y'all liked it that much. Mm -hmm. uh, it definitely could be like a World War II soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Um, I think my top three. So Dalai Lama, dude. Yeah, that's dude. Incredible. Uh, and then I do, I do like Moscow, but I have to go with America, and I'll pick Moscow. Yeah. Um, super awesome shit, dude. I'm, I'm glad you put me on this. Uh, 
I was talking to my uh, my homie at work, Miles, and I was like, yeah, Dorian picked something that challenged my music taste. I'm like, yeah, it's a German uh, industrial band. And he's like, oh, that sounds dope. I'm like, yeah, it's called Rammstein. He's like, dude, I listen to Rammstein all the time. <laughs> I'm like, small world, that shit crazy. So, yeah, that was dope, dude. But, yeah, thank you for putting me on this, dude. Like, yeah. this is super fucking dope, dude. Absolutely. I'm really glad y'all liked it, because this was another one, like, you and I have talked a couple times, like, I'm scared. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm scared? Like, I was like, I don't know if people are going to like this at all. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, man, we're, we're this deep into it. They're going to have to listen. If they hate it, they hate it. Yeah. You know, man? It happens. But, no, I'm really glad that y'all liked it that much. Uh, anyways, that was Rise of Rise of by Rammstein, my pick for this week. Uh, we'll get right into the next one here shortly. Well, we just wrapped up talking about Rammstein. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into George's pick for this week. Uh, very excited to talk about this one, too. We were actually just nerding out about uh, some of the stuff on there. Uh, what do you got for us? Mystic week? Styles by uh, Three Six Mafia. Job I did buy already last on the passenger seat. Just did one for the money. Now I do two for the show. And when I drop the third body, I'm getting ready to hit the road. I'm spending bloody money in the streets. Cause that's all that I uh so this is their <clears throat> debut album. Um came out in '95. I do want to mention though, real quick, uh they had a mixtape um that came yeah, out right. and they had they had so stuff from 1991 to 1994 before this album and uh, yeah it's like it's it's crazy like I mean we talked about it briefly um, just want to make this point and then see what you guys have to say but um, we talked about it briefly that you know NWA came out 88 right 88 or 87 just a couple years later, Three Six Mafia comes out from Ohio, or no, my bad, Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, Memphis, yeah. Memphis, Tennessee, and their sound is wicked. Yeah, their rhyme flow totally different. Right, and what they talk about is so much more darker than. Yeah. Then, like it's darker than East Coast shit. Like mm -hmm. it's absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, um, but yeah. What do like, you guys think? You you and I talked about uh, this kind of uh, like what fucking five months ago before we even started the pod. Yeah. Uh, George and I were talking. I remember that. Yeah, because yeah, that, that was this that was honestly one of the conversations. Was like, all right, I gotta start this shit. In fact. We're sitting there playing games, and like at one point we just stopped playing games, and we're just in an Xbox party talking about uh, the different, like how regional rap has become, and Three Six Mafia in this time frame was one of the main parts we brought up because we were like, yeah, at the time when these guys first started, but also when this album came out, it was very much, you know, you had the West Coast and then you had the East Coast, specifically California and New York, respectively. Mm -hmm. You know, and so there was this massive, you know, and it was kind of weird how you could go down and it was like West Coast was 
there was some darker stuff, but it was all about smoking weed and having a good time. Yeah, you know, with guys like Steve it was kind of like funky, you know, groovy type. Yeah. Shit. yeah, at the time it had really you know, kind of become that, but there was some darker stuff, you know, with uh, Tupac and everything. Right, and <clears> then <throat> the East Coast, you had just these really aggressive rap styles and lyrical content. You know, like you had you had Wu Tang Clan, you know, with ODB and Ghostface Killa and everything. And then you had Biggie, you know, and then Tribe Called Quest was doing, you know. It's, the reason like why East like, is like interesting is because it's very polarizing. There's a lot of people like we'll we'll talk about the album, but it's a uh, they have like stuff like Tribe Called Quest that's like on the positive side of right of yeah. East Side rap. Yeah. But what I wanted to like, mention, yeah, this is the opposite. Yeah, this what I like, wanted to mention though too is like every time I listen to hip hop, I literally just imagined um like the u.s mm-hmm. and i'm like okay so tupac dre nwa down here two short is up here three six mafia is down here outcast is to the to the right just a little bit yeah. we got we got um all the east coast hub we got common over here in chicago like i could see visually like a map mm-hmm. and but what's crazy is that the time frame and the different sounds is yeah. absolutely crazy. They all yeah. got like different styles that they're it all like is. adapting to. Yeah. And what's cool is that they have so much pride. They're like, dude, our sound is fucking dope. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like how it, it's it's really it's real cool that like it goes into, especially the song. Um, which one is it? I think it's gotta touch him. Love that song. Or no, it's it's live by your rep. That it's like <laughs> kind of dissing like um like bone thugs, you know? Because it was like they had a whole they were like they had a whole beef, and I thought yeah. it was funny, Dorian, because like before we even talked about Three Six Mafia, you you sent that video of <laughs> yeah of bone, bone thugs. Yeah. Yeah. I miss my child. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, bone bone thugs like they they. On a whim, they just you know moved to LA and were homeless and w- was calling Easy E's label every single day until finally they got a deal. But yeah, um, yeah there was beef between yeah. Bone Thugs and uh, Three Six because they have like a lot of similar uh, rap styles, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I also want to bring up. So like, you could rap with the beat, but there's like moments where there's it's called like a pocket. Yeah. And that's when they speed up. They fit a bunch of words yeah. within that pocket, and then go back to the beat. Yeah, um, which is super dope. And I, I want to bring up some couple of lyrics, but uh, what else do you guys have yeah. to say about it? No. So just to wrap up what I was saying with that long-winded shit, my bad. Uh, I, if you and I, you and I brought up three six because yeah. we were like, and, and you know, because we were talking about regions, and then you mentioned it, and I was like, oh yeah, like. At the time, nobody was really doing anything in the South. Like, you know, they had just started. Outcast wasn't a thing until a couple of years after, you know. So the. Outcast, like Ludacris, like that's pretty. Like, yeah. <laughs> you Especially know? the South, and like, you know, even more, like to this day, there's still not a lot. I mean, Atlanta. about Goody Mob. Yeah. Goody right Mob? Right Goody Mob, yeah. Exactly. 94, 95, right there. Yeah, exactly. And so, but this was one of the, like, pioneering albums to really put a whole different region into a. 
music genre that was really underrepresented for that. Like that area was not represented very much. Oh, at not at all. There. And no. so that was really interesting. And then for it to be so different, like you had said, mm-hmm. than shit had that had come out. Well, was what incredible. I think is interesting and like why, like it's always you know like a bad situation where something great will come out of it, mm-hmm. um, especially in that era. In that era and that specific place, crack was becoming huge. Oh, yeah. And so that was kind of like what they were surrounded by. Um, and yeah, they talk about like worshiping the devil and stuff like that. Um, but I think they were just like angsty, angry kids, basically. Um, so Project Pat, or not by Project Pat, what's his name? Project Pat? Yeah, Project, Project Pat. Pat. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. So he's his brother is Juicy J. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's why he. So Lay Witcher, mm-hmm. they sampled a song for Three Six Mafia. Three Six Mafia. Um, that makes sense. Why Juicy J and Project Pat are on the House Is Burning remix? Yes, exactly. By um, that makes perfect sense. It's called Riding with the Chevy, which is also a reference that. Um, uh, Suicide Boys did. Yeah. With uh, All My Life, I Wanted a Chevy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Very fourth country. Fourth country. Very um, it's, it's like, I don't know, man. It's. Hold on, I just wanted to wrap up. I like the sampling on it. That's facts, dude. But I just wanted to wrap up say. this point real quick that, um, so, uh, Project Pat, his dad was a preacher. So you could see how yeah. he's growing up in this environment. It's very hostile. Of course, he's going to rebel and do the opposite of what his daddy's doing. Just wanted to mention that. Because <laughs> I feel like that's, you know, the direction that this group went in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, I, I liked how, especially the sampling, We could you could talk ages about the sampling that they used and, like, how artists afterwards, like, sample them. Like, I feel like this, especially, like, Juicy J style and, like, a 3-6 Mafia um, influenced a lot of, like, you could tell, like, Suicide Boys, like, they're heavily inf- influenced by, like, 3-6 and, like, that whole genre, kind of. Like, well, I almost wanted to say, like, they might have, like, I think they... Because it was, like, the first, like, you could say, like, horror, horror rap. Say, that's my, that's, yeah. So yeah, this, I was, this is horrorcore. Let's bring it back to the center. This yeah. is horrorcore rap when it started. You know, there's a few people doing that. There was Brother Lynchong in Sacramento mm-hmm. doing that, like, 94, 95, talking about <laughs> North <Lynch> Cal. <laughs> all the stuff on this album, it's all, like, occult, uh, mm-hmm. Satanism, uh, sexual. It's just very, like, evil. It's like watching a horror movie. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, which I appreciated because it's kind of evil and different. It's, yeah, it's not your normal definitely rap. different, yeah. It's a creative, it's like, so, like, so, <laughs> I categorize this album as funny, <laughs> funny bangers. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I listen to it, I'm like, damn, dude, these guys are going off, dude. And it does have that Bone Thug vibe a lot of the time. Yeah. Right? I guess there was, like, there was, like, a, a feud, but years later, there was never a feud. It was all media hype, you know? There was never yeah. an issue. I feel like... Both of these musicians, well, they actually did, and and these guys, they had their own flows, and they sound similar. But you could say that about any music genre, yeah. You know, right? And even then, it was like it was such different like areas too that it was coming from. Because like how we said, I mean, it was kind of like Midwest, everywhere has their sound, right? So it was definitely very different to like what most of the other like hip hop groups were doing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like 
if I didn't dive into this album, I wouldn't have known that Bone Thugs actually came from Ohio. Like, I thought they were the West Coast. So I could yeah. see how they, they were influenced by Eazy-E and, like, everything, mm-hmm. um, which was cool to hear. And they actually had a versus battle, Bone Thugs and 3-6 Mafia, and they got into it. There was a fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, sure. it was like, yeah, so rappers together, and, you know, there's going to be a feud. On a um, there is a show called what was it called like America's Most Wanted or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his America's name? Most Wanted. So, like John Walsh. Busy, busy. I think it was busy. Was on there because he got kidnapped, but he got rescued, <laughs> and he was on the show. Bom, bom, bom. And this was this was. Straight up, this was <laughs> straight up ammo for Three Six Mafia, and you're like, "Yo, yeah. you got kidnapped, you a bitch!" Oh god, <laughs> dude, um, fucking with this click. Oh, yes, dude. Song, yo, so yo. I gotta touch it. I gotta, yeah. dude, dude, dude. I just that song. <laughs> I like the production because, like, it, so obviously, it came from '95. You look at <clears throat> Nozomatic '94. You got professional, like very professional like production behind it and it sounds clear and everything because it's juicy j and project pack that are just doing like their own thing it sounds it sounds like they recorded it in like a bathroom yeah it is it's like but it's cool though it, yeah. it matches like the gradiness it's, yeah like, yeah, it's it's style, yeah with the horror style lyrics that matt was <laughs> talking about and then just like the shitty generic like not generic production but like i was listening to him i was like why does it sound like it came out in 1982? Yeah, like, what the fuck like, is going on? You're like, like who remastered the drum machine? What's yeah. going on? Who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> remastered this? Yeah. Was this made? Did they record this in a goddamn basement? Like, what's going on? Because it's like muffled. Look what I got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I made this beat on my iPad. <laughs> like, it's. But it does, it really does add to, it does, yeah. to the whole experience of it. I don't think it'd be, it'd be way different if it was anything but. Yeah, if it sounded <laughs> yeah. good, if it sounded yeah. good, it would sound bad. You know, it, if that fits, sense. it fits, especially for the time era, like, you can't expect something too crazy, but at the same time, they did. Dude, this was the most crazy fucking album in 95, like, I want to bring up Big L at some point, because oh, yeah. it's also 95. <laughs> A big L talks about Satan and shit like that. <laughs> they're going full set. Yeah, they're like, fuck it. Full set. That's crazy. That's fucking hilarious that he brought that up. You're like, yeah, Illmatic had, like, the production sounded good, and this, like, the beats are good, but, like, how it's mastered is Dude, shit. This was, yeah. like, this was, like it didn't this was SoundCloud rap before SoundCloud was SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was recorded on a goddamn rock band microphone. <laughs> So back against the wall is probably like one of my favorite songs. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It just literally the way it starts. My name is the Scarecrow. Buzzes they approach. They don't really know me too well. I put a fifty round magazine. Watch them spin. Uh, as I empty shells. Bodies smacking in the mud. Buzzers constantly donating blood. I pull the sod off out my coat. Pump it twice. Watch them tear up and run. <laughs> like dude, you are. Vicious. Yeah, that's that's gruesome. Jesus that's Christ, brutal. dude. Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo. Like I, like you brought that up because like, so like I like uh, like Lil Kim, and we yeah. want to talk about being inclusive, and 
having like important like female rappers and stuff like that throughout history. I'm kind of like upset and a little sad that Gangsta Boot does not get the recognition that oh, yeah. she should have. She's a huge part of this group too. Yeah, and uh, it's cool that she's like, yo, these are my these are my bros. Like I'm part of the group. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, there was no like, there was no like bad mouthing towards her or anything like that. And I, I thought it was pretty cool because, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool that Cardi B and stuff like that and, and Nicki Minaj are out here doing their thing, but people like Gangsta Boo, like, are not getting the recognition that they should Yeah, should have. and it's, like, the only one from, the only female rapper from that time period that gets any love anymore is Missy Elliott. Yeah, like, well, also, can, well, Mary J. Blige a little bit because she also, right. she did have a 1995 album that came out, um, I think it was her debut album, but I mean, still, I mean, no, it's not brought up in the conversation. Yeah, she is wildly under underrated and underappreciated. Mm -hmm. that, that's like I had, I like to solidify that point. I had almost forgotten that she was a part of Three Six. Right. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then you brought this album up, and I was like, no fucking way. I was like, that is where she. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is where she got her start. Basically, was yep. being part of Three Six. Because it used to just it like turned into just like uh, Prodigy Pat, and then. Juicy uh, J. Juicy J, yeah. 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 But yeah, her being on it, I feel like added a, something like a little bit She's more. still so... Because they, they kind of do sound like in some instances, you I could see why there was like a thing like, like Bone Thugs, you know? She's still but, so underground that she was on the project that... Was it you that brought up that? Was it uh, Makami with Gangsta Boo? What? No. Run the Jewels had a different female rapper, but it was not Gangsta Boo. I thought it was Gangsta Boo. No, uh, on Love Again, it's it sounds like her, but it's a different name. Okay. Oh, it's, on uh, on Run the Jewels. Yeah, on RTJ two, that album I brought up, Love Again. Uh, oh yeah, huh? where he's like, I, my I thought it was. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> my like that's it sounds like Gangsta yeah. Boo, but it's like a modern. It's like so, I don't even. I've never even heard. I forget song who, that she's who on. it is. But yeah. No, that was RTJ. Yeah, um, I think it's dope. I mean, like the the influence that they had, like really just like had such longevity mm -hmm. to now, decades later. Like we're whole here. whole different like different music genres are being spawned based off of the the, the vibe that they created. You know, sure. and I almost feel like Three Six Mafia doesn't even. They don't get their flowers. Like it, nobody really talks about. It's like it's. It's almost disrespectful. It's I like, think, dude, what? I think because of, I think like I I completely understand and I, I I agree with what you're saying. And I think that they don't get that recognition because of you know their lyric like the content of it was right. very dark. You right. know, like we said, it wasn't mastered very well. You know, I feel it's like very underground. It is like, very like underground, and I feel like it's only the people that do you know give it its recognition like you know the four of us right now are people that are like really fucking into hip hop yeah. and you know yeah. like that's where you know those people are you know mm -hmm. and I think it got a, a bad uh, uh, rep because uh, Project Pat was in and out of jail a lot yeah. of times um, but he basically just like got like fathered into the group and just you know, yeah. um, I don't know if you guys watched that interview that I sent with uh, Project Pat, but uh, he's a very. It's funny that they talk about all this crazy dark shit, but 
in an interview, he's one of the most like humble, like nicest people ever. Yeah. Uh, he's very well spoken and everything, and I think it's dope. But yeah, this group was like super awesome. I'm glad you guys yeah. liked it. Yeah, I would personally say my top three off this are fucking with this click. Yeah. Uh, the summit and gotta touch them. Those are probably my my top three off of this. Just that, like you brought it up, that gotta touch them, gotta touch, like that's so iconic. Yeah. Like that's just you you hear that and it's like I'll oh, yep, just <laughs> yeah. go ahead and uh, uh, get the shoulders into it even. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I love that one. Yeah. Got the hips moving too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah that song really like every time I listen to it now it's like that hook just hits like and then um. Live by your rep. Yes. I like that song. Like even excluding everything, like it's just a good song. It's a solid song. Fucking banger. Um, and then back against the wall. I like back against the wall. <laughs> that was a good one too. I like how we could talk about that later actually, but yeah. Boom, boom. I like long night. Long night had a lot of fluid flows throughout the whole track. Uh, back against the wall. Superior beats and rhymes all the yes. way through, and then uh, the self-titled song Mystic Styles. It just Oh, yeah. Combined everybody's styles, yeah. and that was like that was the last one on the album, wasn't it? I think it was close to one. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Let me check. So that was that. The fact that's a beautiful way to wrap it up is that it showed everybody's styles, mm-hmm. and it was at the end. So you know, you get kind of like an introduction to everybody. Second to last, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, and then Mystic Styles comes on, and it's like, hey, here's everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our basement, and <laughs> just like the 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 name too. Mm-hmm. Mystic Styles. Yeah, Mystic yeah. Styles. Ah, dude, that's so cool, dude. Right? And the, the album cover, it's like... It's them it's with the cross so, at night, and they're just like... It's so... With ski masks. Dude, they started that trend with like ski masks. It's like the horror, kind of like, oh, let's get a horror yeah, movie. It's yeah. like, I, I listen to this album, and I'm like, fuck, I want to watch House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. Like, <laughs> that's what I did. Bro, when I listen to this, I'm like, I thought of that, dude. Fuck. It's like, why do I want to watch a Rob Zombie movie right now? Like, what the fuck? I'm just surprised there was no, like, machete in the way. Yeah, I think my top three, Back Against the Wall, has to be Back Against the Wall. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Summer and Break the Law 95. Break I the think... Law 95 is a good. <laughs> that's what it really, that's another one of those, like, the second song really lets you know, hey, this is what you're in for. And that's <laughs> yeah. another great example of that. Um... Yeah, I just I really admire their their passion. I mean, even though like, I mean, Project Pat in that interview said like, I'm gonna do whatever I can to get this money and get the fuck out of this like shithole. Yeah, that's what they did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there was like recent interviews, like probably like six months ago with a uh, Crunchy Black. He's like wearing Louis Vuitton and shit. I'm like, dude, you're clearly still doing well, dude. Yeah, you're doing all right. Yeah. You're doing all right. No, so, that was a yeah. that was a solid aspect, man. I that's another example of, you know, like you guys kind of kind of said today, is like I probably wouldn't have thought to listen to this one in particular out of all of their albums. You know, I had mm-hmm. heard a, I had heard a couple tracks off of this, whether they were sampled in other music or mm-hmm. just straight up like Gotta Touch Him was I think that was the main song I had heard before. Uh, before listening yeah, to this I mean, I, I didn't really, like, actually listen to this till like, later. I grew up with Pop, Pop in My Collar, um, Riding Spinners. Um, yeah. 
you know, all all of those songs that, that my brothers used to play, but they never played this this album. Yeah. So and going back, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it's damn good. Yeah. But, yeah. Thank you for uh, bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that was. Mystic Styles by 3-6 Mafia. We'll be right back and we'll talk about some fucking day la soul. Anyways, we just wrapped up talking about Mystic Styles by 3-6 Mafia, which was George's pick for this week. We're going to go ahead and dive into Matt's. Very excited to talk about this one. What did you bring for us? I uh, picked uh, Three Feet High and Rising from De La Soul. And of a paragraph. President. President preaching about the on tech, known for the new step, stop and take a bow. Amityville, resident, resident supported by the speaker view. Wanna feel it in your shoe? Let me show you how. Platform, witnesses, witnesses show you to my show lab, fill you with my vocab, hope you have a spoon. Discuss, contracts, you like the way I vocalize, we bring it to a compromise. My PA won't set up till noon, it's a day. Great album from 1989 kind of a jazz hip-hop genre that started it all uh influenced you know trap called quest that whole like positive attitude kind of hip-hop era was uh coming around that era 89 90 91 um i have a lot to say about it because it's very influential in my life you know for a lot of different reasons but yeah what do you guys think uh i mean it's it's fucking de la soul <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, come on. Exactly. Like, like, what more can you say that like hasn't? <laughs> right. Like, like this you is know? another. It's another one of those albums that's so classic. You know, like Mad Men. Oh when yeah. We brought it up. We were like, yeah, I don't know what you can say that hasn't been said, but it's it's so it really did start that whole wave mm-hmm. of you know that jazzy kind of more positive sounding hip hop. That's a beautiful way to describe it. Uh, and in 1989, it had you know still had the that early hip hop feel of, you know, like the heavy record scratches, but there was so much more sampling done on mm-hmm. this album than, than had been done yeah. uh, by other artists at the time in hip hop. And it, like you had kind of, what were you saying earlier about their uh, interludes and keeping like that theme? Cause it's that like- That hip hop sketch was like a, yeah. a thing that they just kind of influenced and like started basically on that album. And like, yeah. like they influenced mm-hmm. a lot of other bands to kind of do that without, throughout their albums, you know, to kind of break right. up the monotony of tracks and have like a little funny part or like mm-hmm. a sketch yeah. to like intertwine the whole album. So it adds like humor to it. Like it, it does, like yeah. makes like a like a part where you can breathe. Like you could like just mm-hmm. relax and like because some of like it keeps the same kind of theme as like all the interludes throughout the whole track. Mm-hmm. Like of that like game show. That that game show like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like, Plus, they like all... with, uh, contesting. Uh, yeah, they're talking about contestants and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like throughout the whole album, like it keeps it. It's like, oh, what do you think about that? Oh, my. Like, what did he say? Like, uh, like, the the first one that they do, they so they start the album off and they ask the four questions, and then they go to contestant number one, and it's like the characters from like Kansas or like Wichita, and he's like, yeah. and they're like contestant number one, do you know the answers? And he's like, ah, ah, ah oh man, I wish my cousin Nat was here. He knows this guy's Wait, I thought that was just a gimmick intro, and then they keep that theme going throughout yeah. that first. It's one. just, I think, for, it's just like the lightheartedness, like yeah. where you know at the time. There was a lot of like negative things going on. And oh yeah, they were just like, dude, we're gonna make a fun album. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you could tell with the album cover, there's flowers, it's yellow, it's like, yeah. you know, and, looks like uh, somebody's hung up in a daycare. 
Yeah. For real, dude. A preschool. A preschool. And then we already talked about it with uh, Alk Day, where there was that song where it's like it sounds like a radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I brought up uh, On and Off by Daft Punk, which is also like a radio switching channels. They did this too on this album. Yeah. Which I thought, as soon as I heard it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and it's funny because you can hear it, like, I think that might be why it keeps getting taken off of Spotify is because that one little part of that song in particular samples like eight different songs. Like, it goes from like Twisted Sister to uh, Rock With You by uh, Michael Jackson. It's yeah. like, I, I want to rock with you. Oh, I'm like, Great oh song. God. I'm like, yeah. Fantastic song, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, I was listening to this. I was like, oh, that's why. That's why it's not on Spotify right now because that song probably keeps getting, you know, (laughs) with all the samples, yeah, with everything on it. Well, it just sucks because like that happens a lot, but like for some reason, title and like Apple Music, they're fine. Yeah, (laughs) but Spotify's like, nah. (laughs) It's like what? It is very like very sample heavy. Like it is. That was the that was the first note I wrote. Was I just love the. I love this. Yeah, I the love scratching, the sampling. The, sampling. Yeah. the scratching was you know, definitely skits. Crazy. Just the uniqueness of all that, you know. It's one of those albums that, you know, just influenced a lot of people, you know, it influenced, you know, the way people look at music. It was inducted into the Library of Congress has this music catalog that they induct uh, albums into every year. And in two thousand ten this album was put in there. No kidding. They, I've they, heard I've heard of that thing. I didn't know that this was in it. So they they, they basically you know, how influential was and you yeah. know the significance of the album and so to know that, yeah. that had a resonance, you know, on the American people to oh, have yeah. it inducted, you know, especially by the Library of Congress, you know, that's you know, very like probably white centered, you know, they're not gonna throw a lot of hip hop in there, but to know this album's in there is it's that album, it's know. that positive mm-hmm. message that they send and playfulness mm-hmm. that was lighthearted, extremely yeah. lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It's like very happy. Yeah, like, like, that, that's the reason why like summer, like, it made feel. that. Definitely, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for, yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. sure. I think that a lot of like what they're doing is like you know very positive, very bright. Yeah, dude. But like a lot of yeah, man. It's <laughs> and you look back on the reviews and a lot of albums that are that come out. The year they come out, you know, get terrible reviews, or like they're not, you know, reviewed until decades later. They're like, oh, this is a great album. When this album came out, it was like ten out of ten, and people were just <laughs> raving about it. So you know, like right when it came out, it was significant. Yeah. It wasn't like years later. Oh, this is a great album. By the way, it's like right away, this is something to to listen I think, to. I think in terms of like history, like not even talking about music, honestly, like I think it was just something that was there for the people to feel better. Sure. During yeah, that definitely. fucked up time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, that's the beauty of music. <laughs> it always yeah. like pulls us out of like a rut. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny, Matt, that you brought up uh, last episode that you were like looking for physicals of like albums. Mm-hmm. We we saw this one time right at like uh, at. Uh, I saw it at Moonrock. Yeah. Moon the Rock. the like, record day. Yeah. yeah I then, saw that. Yeah. Like I don't remember how much it was exactly. It was like fifty. It was up to eighty five. Oh, I yeah, thought it was 50 yeah. bucks. It was, look, when you first walk into Moonrock and you look to the left and there's like the rock section kind of where that starts, she has uh, really fucking like expensive, hard to find vinyls up there, especially marked and priced. Yeah. Uh, she had three feet high and it was. It was shelved yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Just fucking you awesome. Know, used to, so you paid 85 yeah. bucks for a vinyl that's been opened. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I think like, it was actually. I 
I can't remember if I actually recorded that on the video. I think I might have gone. Maybe, yeah. I think it was around that time that we went. Well, like, the next time I remember going, it was gone. gone. Oh, yeah. It was gone. Of course. course. He mentioned it to me. He's like, yeah, that De La Soul album's gone. I was like, (laughs) yeah. like, God damn. Matt, damn, you stole that, didn't (laughs) you? Matt's got it. Yeah, I had it on point. (laughs) No, but it it was crazy, like, how it still has such a crazy influence that it's still, like, so thought out. Like sought out and like people mm-hmm. are looking but for it. It's like quietly though. Like nobody yeah. is. It's never like there's so much hip hop podcast and stuff that I listen to. De La Soul is never brought up in the conversation. Yeah. I think it's because of how but massive Tribe got so fast. Yes, yeah. and they were a little um, bit more you know that had that mainstream kind of aspect. Yeah, and they were what I wanted to bring music up. videos. I mean, I, De La Soul had a few a few different music videos for this album, but you know, Tribe was pretty popular with that. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it like really played up to like helping tribe, especially yes. grow that same like style of. Well, I think it's kind of like a a brotherly thing. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, we, we we were talking about earlier native tongues because sure. they have they a part about it, mm-hmm. um, but it was kind of like let me help you help me type scenario, and Q Tip was uh, like producing for yeah De La Soul. Yeah, he's, he's on and the he's song. even on the yeah, 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 like yeah. Jungle Brothers and yeah. Q-Tip on a song. So it was kind of like a a situation where it's like, okay, yeah, let me help you help me, and then we'll we'll do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, a Tribe Called Quest doesn't really get brought up in the conversation like uh, too much either. But De La Soul really like, damn, nobody, on. yeah, nobody Definitely. talks about Especially it, this man. album, you know. Unless you've heard it before, uh, and that I the album like title name like has a lot of meaning to it too, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. from the soul. It's just like pretty crazy that nobody like really talks about it like mm-hmm. that, and, um, and all the samples that they used like you were talking about samples earlier, like how sample heavy it is, but like Hollow Notes, Steely Dan, The Turtles, Johnny Cash, those are all throughout yeah. the album. Yeah, just different mm-hmm. songs, and like there wasn't a lot of. R&B artists doing that at that time so mm-hmm. they kind of set that standard like hey you can sample anybody you want to yeah and make it sound good exactly you know? like they really pushed the boundaries for that kind of thing mm-hmm. of what people were sampling and that's why it was like the first note I was like motherfuck I was like there is so much different stuff going yeah. on on this album uh-huh. like right it, and it's awesome that this, you know, I think the time that it came out, you know, 1989, I didn't realize, because when you brought it up, I heard of it, and I was like, oh, that was, you know, like, mid-90s, barely, and then you were like, and I looked it up, and it was, nope, that's fucking 1989, and I was like, yeah, my god, like, people were not doing that, mm-hmm. right, especially, like, just from, like, the rap standpoint, like, this really was kind of the, the kind of jumping off point for that whole kind of jazzy mm-hmm. kind of track called Quest. There's kind of, progressive rock. Mm-hmm. I would categorize this as progressive rap. Oh yeah, because yeah. they were really trying to send like a, a very good message to to people and like, hey, dude, yeah. we're just having fun, dude. Yeah, and and they yeah. really they really changed a lot of shit. At the time. Um, you and, can hear like a lot of like like early '90s also in it, like yeah. especially it influenced a lot, like KMD especially, like oh yeah, MF Doom, like KMD. Is KMD, tight. it sounds yeah. like some of the songs. It's like the same style. Like you could tell that they were trying to like replicate this because mm-hmm. this like the KMD album came out like two or three years after this. Yeah, it was 1992. 
I think even like like you could bring up uh, Slick Rick to the conversation too. It's like he mm-hmm. has like that playfulness too, yeah, where sure. he's just having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he talks about some crazy shit, but it's like he's having fun. Right, dude. All these. I think it's important to have it's like hard playful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he needs yeah. to go down the list. Potholes in my lawn. Right. <laughs> That's a good love one. that song, uh, Jennifer. Oh, Jenny, mm-hmm. Jenny, <laughs> Jennifer Top. Oh. Yeah, my top three, Daisy Age. I like Daisy Age, it's one of the last songs on the album where it's just like dun 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 dun. It's just like it's just a fluid rap, and everybody's performing. It's really good. Uh, I know, uh, just sums up the album and the, the vibe of the whole positive lyricism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this is a recording, you know, based on the sampling. And then, like, honorable mention, me, myself, and I. I mean, yeah. come on now. That's the one right there. It's yeah, iconic. Um, if I had to pick the top three, I would do uh, Change Change and Speak, uh, number three, Jennifer Top for number two. We were talking about it earlier, but like when he fucking plays chopsticks on the piano, and they're like, yes. no, yeah. no. <laughs> that comes on, it's hilarious. Uh, and then Magic Number. I mean, we've been hanging out for a couple hours, and I cannot get that fucking song out of my head. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. It's a magic number. And it starts off the album, and, it, and it's again, you know, kind of the playfulness. This is gonna be, this is gonna be really fun experience, you know. So I, uh, those are my top three. I think if I had to pick a top three, um, I know. Yeah, I really like I know. Um, I really like also. I feel like ghetto thing. I really like ghetto That's thing. It's kind of one of those that when I initially heard it, I kind of slept on. Cause it's been a while since I heard like this whole album, mm-hmm. but Ghetto Thing it caught my eye a little bit more. This yeah, time. I hate comparing things, but Ghetto Thing is like almost like Bonita Apple Bum off of Trap Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. similar vibe for sure. Yeah, yeah, and then also like shout out Buddy because it's got Jungle Bros and Q Tip. I that's not in my top three, but I had to bring that up. Honorable mentions. Yeah, super good. Um, I already brought it up. Uh, potholes in my lawn. Yeah. It somehow sounds relatable. Like you yeah. know, you know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like there's potholes in your lawn. Like uh, that sucks. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like you 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 relate to it basically. Um, there's so I many like times I've been running through my own lawn and I yeah. twist my ankle because there's a <laughs> pothole in my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, it is relatable. Yeah. But those are probably my top three. But. I could pick out like any song on this album. I feel like, yeah. Same. But what's your top three, man? I'm excited. To see I, I started it. What you got? So I like me, myself, and I. Uh, I do want to pick. Um, I do like Breeze on the Rocks. Um, I think like I really like the. Uh, the interludes on this album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're so funny. Um, I think Daisy, too. It's pretty cool. Um, there's a couple of songs on here that have, like, a really, really good beat. Um, and I actually wanted to ask you, Matt, did Q-Tip actually have a hand in making some of these beats? Uh, that I don't know. Because it's it just like very... That's 
a good question. Q-tip. I, I feel like Q-tip, Q-tip was more of a lyricist than a, than a beat maker or a DJ. So I feel like he might have helped on like the production side, maybe mm. a little bit. I don't know. I think I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's ever come out and said it, but Q-tip, it's one of those things where like a lot of people don't get don't get credits. Mm-hmm. They'll do it, but they they don't get credits. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is fine. I mean, it's kind of like a oh well, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like they don't care. Um, yeah, I think. Okay, yeah, I do have to pick magic number. Yeah. Okay, that's my number one magic number. I'm changing it right now. Magic number <laughs> on the fly. Yeah, on the fly. They, dude, you can you can interchange a lot. Of them. Yeah. Yes. Why? For sure. real, it's hard. It's like damn, dude. Like potholes in my lawn was my honorable mention too. Yeah. Like so, it's it, it really. It's I wanted to bring up also. Name. I wanted to bring up just because it's funny. There's Della Orgy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then dude. even even on three six, there's a song. Dude, okay, (laughs) so I wanted to bring this point up. So, um, there there is a remastered version of a Tropical Quest. Um, what's it called? Like, uh, Footsteps? Uh, what's it for? Yeah, Footsteps. footsteps. So, Pharrell Williams made a remix of Bonita Applebaum for that one. Yeah, and they also got moans and shit. But so I'm like I see the, I listen to that and I'm like oh hey that's all like yeah. what <laughs> yeah. hell yeah what <laughs> hell yeah but so what? the connection was like real um, but yeah uh, magic number and then definitely then. magic number um, cool breeze on the rocks and yeah transmitting yeah. I have to do transmitting because of the whole like changing channels yeah hell yeah well I'm glad you guys like this album. Yeah, kind of a throwback for me, you know. Me too. It was very nice to revisit the whole thing, you know. Facts. Oh, Thank yeah. you for bringing it up, dude. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. And if it, if I ever find a physical, I'll let you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it, it, like we were talking. Good luck like, with that. Yeah. Exactly. Right? <laughs> this is definitely. I feel like in a lot of people's like, like their if they had a collection like this would be mm-hmm. like up there. Oh sure. yeah. It's, absolutely. It's definitely like considered like a. Holy Grail, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. A white, a white whale. Also, yeah. You know? yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. But that was De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. Matt's big for this week. We're going to go ahead and uh, introduce what we got for next now. Alrighty. As per usual, we'll go in the order we talked about him. So, Jake, you're up first, man. What you oh, got? Oh, yeah. So. So this one, uh, Ghostface Killer and Bad Bad Not Good, uh, Sour Soul. Um, Bad Bad Not, I mean Ghostface Killer, we all know who he is. Bad Bad Not Good, he did a collab with them and yeah, crazy features, (laughs) super good instrumental, so. Yeah. Cool. I thought I was gonna bring it, bring that up before you did. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Someone's in trouble. Yo, they're coming <laughs> after you, so. Uh, it's like I had a fucking barbecue going outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob Star. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know Modelos were illegal. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So I noticed today when I picked this album, I was like, fuck, I really love 2004. I'm like, I, that was a really good year for music. You know, I just mentioned Rammstein. I brought up a couple other albums that were released in 2004. So why not do it again? Going with Vaudeville Villain Ooh. by Victor Vaughn. Damn. Uh, great hip hop album from 2004. Uh, we've done a, I've done a drive-by mention of it. I think probably in the first episode, I brought this. I mentioned this album, uh, but it's time for us to listen to it and actually dissect it. Uh, Victor Vaughn's one of MF Doom's aliases. Uh, mm. So you and I had an extensive conversation about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love this album. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Vaudeville Villain by Victor Vaughn. Matt George. What do you um. Got? Kaleidoscope by Kellis. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think you guys. So uh, before I say anything else, um, so Ke- Kellis is um, ex-wife of Nas. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who that is, but I'm, that sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, she's super beautiful and awesome. She nice. Had a I'm stoked to stoked to hear that. Yeah, what do you yeah. got for us? Well, I've got my first vinyl introduction of the season for myself. Yes. We're with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic from 1991. Yes. One of their more iconic albums. Uh, based on the album cover, I'm sure you can see all that. Uh, really excited to talk about this one. Uh, yeah. So many good cameos and yeah. yeah. Another Rick Rubin album. So. Rick Hell Rubin yeah. is a legend. Hell yeah. <laughs> I am stoked next week as I usually am. <laughs> Anyways, this has been episode 16 of What You Spin It. I'm Dorian, joined by Matt, Jake, and George as usual. Y'all have a great week. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time.